Welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Entrepreneur. My name's Sina and I love following the journeys of other young entrepreneurs. In this episode, I spoke with Joe Binder, the founder of WOW, an agency concentrating solely on building personal brands of entrepreneurs on social media and beyond. And so we talked about how Joe started his agency and why focusing on personal branding alone was so important to him and how he's worked with the likes of James Khan, Tej Lalvani, both from Dragon's Den. That's, that's incredible. And also, as an entrepreneur, why you should explore building your personal brand when it can be so effective and when you can do it. And of course, strategies that you can undertake to grow your personal brand as a young entrepreneur and the likely rewards you will get from it. Joe's obviously worked with a lot of different clients, not all young entrepreneurs, but obviously this episode's tailored to you guys. Okay, so that brings me to this week's shout out. So we've been a bit slow on the shout outs because of the pitch, but we're back with a shout out to Tersha Willis, who says a down to earth how to. This podcast is amazing, hearing from founders and about how they started and their advice too. So worth listening if you've got an idea that keeps you up at night and you're not sure where to start. Thank you so much for that, Tersha. Tersha was actually on the podcast a few episodes ago and she was absolutely incredible i loved having her on and that's a lovely comment that she put as well uh hopefully she's become a lifelong listener um but yeah do check out her episode it is very good so if you also want to feature in next week's episode in the form of a shout out please be sure to leave a five star written review on apple Podcasts, and i will give you a shout out in the following few episodes probably not the next one because you've got a bit of a build up but i'll give you one eventually i promise make sure you also follow us on instagram that's where all the new episodes get announced all the previews all that good stuff and yeah that's it for me enjoy the episode Hey Joe, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you, Sina. Thank you very much. How are you doing? Yeah, really good, thanks. It's really good to finally chat to you. I know we've been speaking for a while. Actually, you were, you were one of the first people, funnily enough, to message me when I first launched my podcast back in April last year. It's been going for like over a year now, which is a bit crazy, but you were one of the first people to message me saying like, good job on the podcast, great for launching. And we never met before. So it was a bit like, oh wow, people are, people are noticing the podcast. It was a really nice message. And ever since then, we haven't really spoken until until now. So it's quite funny because the podcast has grown massively since then. And it's really nice that it's kind of come full circle. And now you're on the podcast. It's absolutely class. And it, just look, you know, the progress from your first episode to the episode you're putting out now, you know, game changer in terms of the difference. So hats off to you on that. Mm, yeah, massively. Ma- like, yeah, it's been, it's been a big step up for sure. I remember that first ever episode, it was not the quality it's not as like it's definitely not not that great in terms of when you compare it to this of course uh but you know if any podcasters or one of your podcasters out there it's okay if the first few aren't that great because you do learn a lot and you do come a long way just just from talking to people like when you did message me i think i think what would be really cool to mention is because <laughs> before before we start recording you were mentioning how you have a rule when people network with you when people add you on linkedin or follow you <laughs> And I think you probably followed your own rule there when you added me. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So the rule is, I don't want anyone following me unless they send me a message to introduce themselves. And I got this from when I was building an audience as a YouTuber at Cambridge. There would be so many people that would start following me and they would start you know, watching my videos, but I had absolutely no clue who they were because the dialogue was always one way. So I made this rule. I said, guys, I want to know who you are. Like, this is really interesting to me. And when you're building an audience online of any kind, it always helps the process if you can actually understand who is watching and learn a bit about them. So now, you know, 100%, this a rule. 
if somebody's going to follow me on social media, they've got to drop me a message, even if it's just saying, hey, you know, I heard you on the podcast. Um, my name is, you know, Alfie and I'm from this country or I study this at uni, whatever it is. That's good for me. There you go. And you follow your own rule as well. You, whenever you add people. 100%. Best thing to do on social media if you're reaching out to people, don't just add them, you know, drop them some kind of message to show that this wasn't an automated ad, but rather I actually want to follow you. There's a reason because I want to follow you because your content bangs and it is wonderfully interesting. It makes sense if you think about it. I, I haven't really thought about it before, but it does make a lot of sense, especially with, you know, building rapport because I've so I've had so many people as I've, I imagine you add me on LinkedIn or whatever, or follow me or whatever. And it's just like, you don't know who they are. You're like, you don't actually know how they found you as well as another thing, like why they've added you, those different things. And it would be amazing to know like why, or, you know, how they've come across you and stuff like that, why they're interested. I think I'll probably follow that rule personally. Whenever I add someone, because I, I do get lazy. I add them, obviously you have to wait for the confirmation and stuff, but then you kind of forget about it. I will probably have to follow, I'll probably follow that rule now because it makes a lot of sense because I don't want people to feel like that I'm adding them just because, you know, just for the, I don't know, personal value gain or stuff like that. You actually want to add them, you know, so you can get to know them and stuff like that, right? Yeah, for sure. And on LinkedIn, um, you can choose to personalize an invite. So you don't have to connect with somebody and then have to wait. Rather, you can personalize the invite or add a note without having to pay anything extra. Just so, you know, that allows you to add a few sentences of a message and on Twitter, a lot of the time people have their DMs open. Um, Instagram, sometimes you can message people as well or you can just leave a comment of some sort. Yeah, no, that's great advice. And obviously at the end of the podcast, it will tell you guys like how, how you can follow Joe, what platforms are the best to, to follow him on. But I think you mentioned something amazing. I didn't know you were a YouTuber before, which is a bit like, <laughs> so you were a YouTuber while you were at Cambridge Uni, right? Yeah, so I was doing an internship in Berlin at a what people call a startup clone factory called Rocket Internet. Um, they're very well known in the startup space, uh, for, you know, for better or worse. They build brilliant companies, but the idea is that they take proven online business models and they apply them in a very similar way to markets that the original company hasn't yet conquered. So if we look at Deliveroo, uh, let's say Deliveroo starts in the UK and then expands to America, um, this company may come along and create the exact same model with different branding. And they'll say, okay, well, Deliveroo haven't yet got to, you know, Eastern Europe or Latin America. So they're going to start, they're going to launch a competitor there essentially. So that's what the startup did. Whilst I was there, um, I found myself consuming an unhealthy amount of Gary Vaynerchuk content on social media because I'm just obsessed with him. I think he's brilliant. And he kept on you know, banging on about this idea of a personal brand and how valuable it is. And I thought to myself, I already share everything about my life, my journey, my achievements, my learnings on my personal Facebook page. But the thing is, you know, you know, that's between four closed walls. There's nobody new who's going to be brought into my Facebook page if I continue doing that. But I'm very happy to tell people about my life and to kind of build friends over the internet. So I thought, how could I scale myself as an individual? And then, you know, after a few more Gary Vaynerchuk videos, I realized the best way is through building a personal brand on a platform that could actually scale. And for me, that was YouTube. So what sort of stuff were you, were you putting out there? Just stuff around your life? Were you trying to share some educational content? What sort of stuff was it? 
So it was just vlogs. So I would go about my daily routine and I would hold a camera up, you know, like this, speak directly into the lens of the camera um, and then edit it in a fun way. You know, got a lot of inspiration from Casey Neistat at the time. And then I would package that as a YouTube video and upload it. But it wasn't till I finished that internship and arrived back in London and then moved to Cambridge for my final year of university that I started to actually get traction because my videos would get one or 200 views. And that was from people who knew me or people who just you know stumbled across the video and watched it for a few seconds. But as soon as I got back to uni, the title and the content just changed generally. So the first video I uploaded was my final year at Cambridge. And all of a sudden, instead of getting 200 views, I got a thousand. And then that video went from a thousand views to 2000 views. And after a few uploads about, you know, being a student at Cambridge, it became pretty clear that there was this, you know, gravitas around Cambridge University and also around just being a university student in the UK generally. So I started to pivot the content and the branding of the content specifically towards being at Cambridge and the views shut up. And so within a year, I think I had over 20,000 subscribers. The view count was over 2 million views, um, had individual videos getting over 100,000 views. And we had built this really cool community of people who enjoyed the content and also enjoyed talking to the other people that enjoyed the content. Um, that was a, a wonderful experience that very much informed the whole creation of WOW, which is the personal branding agency that I run. That's amazing. So that, I guess, like starting your YouTube channel was your first kind of taste. I mean, you did start it purposefully to to go down the route of personal branding, but I guess like the YouTube channel was your first taste of building your personal brand on a more scalable platform rather than Facebook because the Facebook, I mean, it's not designed for that sort of thing, right? Yeah, I, I think like, what was that experience like of actually seeing that growth and like what, what in your mind made you want to kind of double down on that? And to start well. So we hear stories now about, you know, KSI, Logan Paul, Mr. Beast, uh, PewDiePie, um, Sarah Dietschy. There are so many online influencers who absolutely smash it. And there's this whole, you know, economy for creators that has come out of nowhere, which, you know, more or less started with YouTube. Um, back in the days, it was, you know, Alfie Days and Zoella who were, who were leading it all. And I think I saw that, I noticed that, and I thought, if I'm the kind of person who wants to share and is happy to share and also likes the process of creating content, then there's a ton of opportunity out there for me. So in terms of the process, I had a crash course in video editing. I had a crash course in content creation, in understanding social, you know, just branding, positioning, narratives, um, analytics, you know, I would go through, I would look at the watch time of a seven minute long YouTube video and you would see a graph from when people join it, it would say hundred percent of people are still watching. And then it would, you know, trickle down to, you know, 40% of people were watching at the very end. So then you start to think creatively or strategically, you know, the end of the video is typically where YouTubers will say, don't forget to follow me. Don't forget to subscribe. Um, whereas you know, if you know that 40% of your audience are listening at that point, then you want to bring it forward. So all of a sudden I made the decision to start, you know, trying to gain followers and saying, Hey, subscribe at, you know, within the first 30 seconds. So small things like that taught me a lot. Um, it was a very exciting time. Got a bit obsessed with it. Okay. I got very obsessed with it. Um, but I learned loads. That's really interesting. I'd love to go into that journey of how you started well, but I think before we go into that, 
it'll be great to, I guess, find out more about the journey of you going to Cambridge and actually that sort of stuff. Because we talked about it before, before we hit record and it was a really interesting story. Yeah, sure. So I got to secondary school and was quickly placed in bottom sets for everything. That massively knocked my confidence. I became, you know, the thick guy, you know, the stupid one who got bad grades in my friendship group. And that, it sounds kind of terrible when I talk about it now, but ultimately, you know, teenagers have banter. They will always, especially Brits, find something to make fun of about the others. Um, and for me, it was that I was in bottom sets. So at the time, I didn't think much of it. Um, but then eventually I started to realize that, wow, this was actually having a bit of an impact on me. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be in bottom sets. Um, and where it got really serious for me was when I realized that if I stayed in bottom sets for maths, I was only able to take the foundation paper at GCSE, which means the highest possible grade I could get was a C. And I didn't want that. And it was similar for other subjects. So I eventually started working my absolute ass off. Um, and in that process, you know, you learn how to learn, really. Um, you understand how to do tests properly. You understand how you personally revise and remember things and apply things. So worked my ass off. You know, I swapped lunch breaks for revision in the school library. I would ask for extra work from teachers and they would be kind enough to actually review it and mark it. Um, and over the course of the next four, five, six years, I just you know became obsessed with academia and the subjects I was doing. But I didn't really think about university much until um, it must have been year 11, year 12, when people started talking about it. And at that point, I thought, wow, just imagine. It was, it was one of those daydreams, right? Entrepreneurs will daydream about their company going public or about selling their business. Um, I was daydreaming about, like, imagine if I could get into Cambridge. How crazy would that be? Um, and it just felt so distant. But eventually, and this was a long kind of story and a long road in terms of building confidence and, you know, believing in myself it's all the cliche stuff you can imagine um but i eventually applied shambles in the first interview the second interview was great though um i recognized that i messed the first interview up big time called my mum on the phone i was like yeah i've screwed this up it's not going to happen and she was like come on you've got this it's still one more interview and i went and gave my absolute all in that second interview and after that you know got the grades got the offer got there, boom. So that was a huge, huge part of my life, you know, getting there in the first place. And I think that's instilled in me a whole range of things. Like if you work your ass off, even if you don't know what you're doing at the very start and you don't know if that work is actually going to be valuable to you, you will find the value in it. You'll find the important stuff and you will eventually, you know, earn or reap the rewards from that work. That whole process of working extremely hard, shifting his perspective and then getting into Cambridge Uni, coupled with the fact that, you know, that YouTube piece, you know, growing his YouTube around personal branding, sharing everything, personal branding became really important to Joe. And so I wanted to kind of refine that further as to how that whole process, how those processes combined into him actually starting his agency concentrating solely on personal branding and building a personal brand for other 
entrepreneurs, you know, the likes of Tejal Alvani and James Khan, both from Dragon's Den, which is incredible. So I wanted to talk to him about the whole journey of taking that process and actually starting WOW. Yeah, so it was a few months after university and I'd always wanted to set up a business. I had uh, dabbled in entrepreneurship before, you know, I'd you know, imported headphones and BlackBerry cases because, you know, BBM was all the rave back in those days. Um, you know, imported those from China. I would sell them at school. I would do car washing. I had a job in a garden center when I was like 12. Um, I was always obsessed and excited by the idea of starting a business. But it was at that point where I thought, wow, this could actually happen. This could be legit. Um, and I could actually leverage what I've done for myself on YouTube to say, hey, you know, I've done this for, my, for me. I could probably do it for you. And that was a story of me getting the first few clients for the business. Wait, so so talk talk me through that process, I guess. Like, how did you, firstly, how did you have that thought process of, I could do this for other people and make money from it. And then how was that process of trying to find that that first or second client? Because that's kind of like, that that is the hardest client to get as your first one. Yeah, well, hardest or the easiest, and I'll go into that. Um, no, you're right, it is actually really hard. Um, in terms of the thought process, it's funny because a friend of mine, you know, one of the super intelligent guys I met at uni had actually suggested something similar to me whilst I was at uni, but I didn't really take much notice. It was only when I was in that position and I saw that companies like this in some capacity existed, I thought we could try it. In terms of the first client, the reason I said it could be quite easy is because when I started, I thought, we aren't going to be able to get any paying clients because nobody knows who I am. Nobody knows what wow is or how to pronounce it for that matter. Um, and we have no credibility. So my strategy there was I will give up my own time, um, you know, to do work and to get testimonials. So I would make deals with individuals. So with, you know, C-suites of small companies and basically say, here's what we do. I would love to do this for you. I'm not going to charge you whatever the price was at the time, but instead I'll do it for free in exchange for a testimonial. If we get to the end of the month and you like the work we've done. And, you know, after a few months of that, we had three testimonials. And then I went to a client and said, Hey, here's what we do. Here's the evidence. You know, why don't we try doing it for you? And then, you know, I got a one-off deal from that. And then that one-off deal then went to, you know, progress to another, to another, to another, and all of a sudden we managed to get James Kahn from Dragon's Den as a client. And for us, that was like, whoa, this is big. Now we have legitimacy. We can really start to, you know, if we were kind of standing still at the time now, we can you know, start to crawl. We can start to move. This is exciting. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it's snowballed in a bunch of ways since then, particularly in the last year. But that was the initial you know, thought process and the initial ways of getting clients. That's amazing. I know a lot of for freelancers, especially at the beginning, trying to find that first client is really challenging, but that's a really good way to do it is, you know, working for free, getting that testimonial, getting that recommendation. Uh, and then, you know, showing, showing that proven, proven use case that you can do it and then doing it for someone else. Um, so yeah, that's amazing. I guess like, what was the kind of process of going from that first client to, James Kahn from Dragon's Den. It was an interesting one because whilst I was getting these free campaigns in and whilst I was getting these kind of low ticket, small campaigns in, I wasn't making that much money. And it got to around month six, month seven, month eight. Um, 
and I just thought, you know, maybe I should drop this because given it a try, I really have given it my all, or so I thought at the time. And everyone around me who I trust, who is smart, is telling me, well done, you tried it, now get a job. Um, so I started to listen to them and I started to apply to jobs. I applied for jobs which were so like hilariously outside of my skill set, like CMO, like chief marketing officer roles at, you know, 50 person companies. Like, what a joke. I had no idea what I was doing. No clue whatsoever. Um, and I would promptly get rejected from each of those. And then the James Cotton situation happened. So that definitely gave me, you know, a lease of life and a whole new, you know, pool of energy to draw from. That's really interesting. So you were actually on the verge of giving up. Well, not giving, well, yeah, moving yeah, on to something else. 100%, I was doing it. I was going through the process. I was trying to find jobs. Wow, that's crazy. So did you already put that proposal to James Khan's team? I, I imagine it wasn't just him directly, it was his team. And then they got back to you while you were applying to other jobs. Um, it was a similar similar time frame. I'd have to look at my emails to figure out the actuals. So can't answer that specifically, unfortunately. Yeah, okay. But I mean, it, it was all around the same time, yeah. which is which is pretty cool. Mental to look back on in hindsight. It's, yeah, it's pretty crazy. So that one, obviously you don't have to go into like numbers or whatever, but that one was like a high ticket uh, contract or whatever. And that gave you a lot of validation to know that there is something here I can carry on. I don't need to, you know, get a job. I don't need to move on. Exactly. Spot on. And being able to say that we worked with somebody who the vast majority of our clients had watched on TV for years helped us big time because they were just attracted to that. And then I think it was after three months of working with James, um, we were in London together and we were doing a photo shoot for James and I was like, let's get a photo. So we got a photo and I was like, can I upload this? And he was like, yeah, sure. So uploaded the photo saying that we worked together and talking about how it was, a, you know, one of my proudest achievements in starting the business. And then, you know, got a huge amount of traction from that. I think when people see you standing next to somebody that they know and respect, they instantly even without realizing it um see that that you know knowledge and respect kind of bleed into you as well and they associate the two viewers being together um so that massively helped from the kind of new business front and massively helped with clients before we go on to i guess like personal <laughs> branding advice and strategy for, for young people listening i guess like what was your uh, I don't know, like, what were your like social media channels looking like before that James Khan photo and afterwards? Like, what changed for you as a business? I think it, what changed was the ability to publicly say that we worked with him and also the ability to know that we had him as a client. So two things. One is the mentality of, wow, I mean, this guy wants to work with us. That's pretty cool. There's definitely something here. And then the second part was, look, everyone, we work with this really impressive person. If he can trust us with his brand and his reputation which he has crafted for decades then we've got to be doing something right you know you can trust us as well so twofold the mentality and then the tangible you know impact and, and look of it cool yeah that's amazing so you've been doing this for a number of years and your 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 agency specifically concentrates just on personal branding which is an amazing angle because a lot of other sort of like agencies out there concentrate on a whole you know array of different services and personal branding being maybe one of them they don't really specialize in so it's amazing that you that, that is your speciality so i think what would be amazing for me to know and for other young people listening to know is 
I guess, advice when it comes to actually building your personal brand. I know you started a YouTube channel early on, but you know, you must've learned a lot since then. So I suppose for someone that is maybe like 18, 19, whatever, that wants to, or like it could be older, whatever, like that wants to start their personal brand now, like what do they do? Sure. So I'll make an assumption here in that whoever's listening, hello, hi, how are you? Lovely to, to see you, lovely to meet you. Whoever's listening is a young person um, and they don't currently have a big profile on LinkedIn. Um, they don't have many followers, they don't have many connections, all of that jazz. So what I would say is, first of all, um, find somebody who you respect and admire, who you follow on the platform, have a look at how they organize their profile, the profile picture, the banner, the tagline, which is a sentence that sits underneath your name, the about section, uh, the experience section and the education section, and take what you like from that and um, use that almost as a template to fill yours out. That will give you a bit of confidence and that your profile is kind of ready to go. It's ready to be seen. The next step is about engaging. So the assumption here is that you don't currently post content or you don't post it often. So the first thing you need to do is start, you know, curating a newsfeed of content that you like. So if you're really into marketing, start following marketing people. If you don't know who to follow, um, type in Forbes 30 under 30 for marketing. Or if you're really into fintech or if you're really into behavioral sciences or anything else, just find the people online, find their profiles and then go from there. Once you start following more people, you'll see more and more content on your newsfeed and it will become you know, similar to TikTok in that you're fed the stuff that you like, but the more you engage with certain content, the more you start to see that content. Then it's all about actually showing up, showing your face and commenting on these posts of people that you follow. Um, you know, it's one thing to just comment a fire emoji, which is something that I do often. Um, but it's much better. I do, I do that from time to time. It's a very lazy thing to do, but I mean, I don't know. I just do it from time to time. It's just great <laughs> to drop a fire emoji or the, the raising hand emoji. It's like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's one thing and that's better than not commenting at all. But if you're to comment and actually share your opinion and actually share your thoughts, your experiences, it's considerably better because people can start to gain familiarity with who you are, what you believe in, what your stories are. So once that's done, and once you're in the process of doing that, first of all, you're going to start to enjoy it because you'll see that people engage back with you and you'll realize like, oh, whoa, hold on a minute. You know, this girl's on, this woman's on TV or this woman has built an empire and she just responded to my comment. That feels cool. Like I, I get it. Um, so there's a bit of that, which will happen naturally. But also, once you've started almost priming the audience in, in that way, you can then start to post content. And that's where things start to get really interesting. That is how you build your personal brand. In essence, building your personal brand, building your reputation is about creating these pieces of content which have a life of their own, um, which almost you know float off into the distance, grab eyeballs, and then bring them back to you. So you're catching people's attention and then, you know, almost like pulling them towards you, like a gravitational pull towards you. Um, and the reason why I talk about the importance of engagement first is if you imagine, you know, you're in a big bar full of people and it's not a an open mic night, but there is a microphone on stage um, and nobody's on stage. Everyone's speaking in their own kind of clusters of people. And let's say you just walk up the stairs slowly onto the stage 
nobody really looks at you as you're walking on the spotlight shining on you and you just start speaking um you're definitely going to get some eyeballs you know people looking oh that's new what, what's that person doing but uh, people won't take much notice because they're in their conversation they know you're not you know there to sing or anything so that you know, kind of ends there whereas if you got to that bar half an hour earlier and you started introducing yourself to everyone and going up to each group of people and you know asking them questions introducing yourself you know, telling them a bit about you and then you start walking onto the stage all of a sudden as soon as you take the first step onto the stage people are gonna be like no way that's joe look look what joe's doing he's getting onto the stage he's ready to speak he's ready to do something and then someone's going to call out whoa hey someone else is going to look at you and all of a sudden you've got a bit of a, an applause going there's an aura there's an atmosphere you're walking up to the microphone people love it you know they're waiting for you to speak that is the difference between engaging first and not engaging at all yeah no that's amazing that's a really wonderful way to put it it's a different way i haven't really thought about it before i, I have you know within the last year or so i've been concentrating more on personal branding personally and that's probably the most that's probably the best way i've heard it of why you, you should do it like what's what's the value there and I guess for people, this is a very common question, I guess, as well. For people that are a bit shy, that don't want to like show their face as much, you must get that a lot as well. Like, what do you do in that situation? You you were very, you know, open about sharing things about your life, showing your face and stuff like that. But I know a lot of people that won't do that, won't be comfortable doing that sort of thing. So, but there's still value for them to create a personal brand, right? Absolutely. So a personal brand isn't just about your past and your experience. You know, you see some brilliantly vulnerable posts on LinkedIn, which really kind of go into depth about somebody's personal life or their upbringing. And it's stuff that a lot of people wouldn't feel comfortable sharing. And you don't, you know, that's okay. You don't need to share those things. Um, if you think about the best way of doing it is think about an internship or work, a piece of work experience you've done recently. Think about your managers and your colleagues. Now imagine a hypothetical WhatsApp group with those people what would you post in there that they could be of interest in? So, you know, if you get good grades at uni and you graduate, you may post it in there. If you are really into green energy and sustainability and you see a really cool article in The Economist, you may post it in there. And you may also say, oh, I actually don't agree with the premise of this article because. Or if you, you're into marketing and you see IKEA, um, do a brilliant campaign in response to Cristiano Ronaldo saying he doesn't want to drink Coke um, and he prefers to drink water. You, you know, if the people know, if the people in that group know that you're into marketing and advertising, you know, you, it may make sense for you to post it in there as well. So if you think about your world um, and this WhatsApp group of professionals that you've worked with before, what would they be interested about? Start applying that to, you know, the external, to LinkedIn. So you don't have to, you're not going to write in that group about the time you, you know, really struggled with your mental health. You might do, and that would be really well received. But if you don't feel comfortable doing that, that's fine. Because if you have certain beliefs, certain values, certain interests, there will be people online, particularly on LinkedIn, who will engage with those. And you can start to build your personal brand by talking about those topics. Yeah, no, that's a, that's wonderful advice. And of course, like it doesn't just stop on LinkedIn. Like There's different platforms that you can use that might be better suited to you. So like I use Medium for blogging and that's been really good for me because I share a lot about like my personal experience of starting a podcast and that sort of thing. And that's 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 helped me build my personal brand on on that platform. Um, obviously the podcast has helped as well. And I know, I know a lot of you guys want to start a podcast as well. So 
and obviously you, you started with YouTube. I haven't really done anything on YouTube, but yeah, so there's different platforms that you can go on that might be better suited to you and your style of trying to create a personal brand. But bottom line is, it doesn't matter like how personal you want to go into it because there is a way for you to express yourself, for you to build that personal brand. And you, you, you put it so, so eloquently. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think, I think that's a really good message to end on actually is that personal brand isn't just for people and Instagram influencers that are like, oh, hey guys, like they've been like happy all the time. It's for, it's for everyone, even if you don't want to show your face all the time, you know? Sure. Um, so yeah, wonderful message. I think we'll end it there, uh, Joe, unless, unless uh, you've got anything else to say, anything else to add? No more to add, my friend. That was wonderful. Thank you so much for that. Sweet. Well, Joe, how can people stay in touch with you and wow, going into the future? I know we talked about this within the first sort of two minutes and it'd be good to kind of follow that up with how they can follow you, how they can message you, of course. Don't forget that. For sure. So uh, Joe Binder on LinkedIn. I've got a big blue profile picture. Um, Joe Binder 96 on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, and yeah, just to reiterate, drop me a message. I'll respond to that. Thank you so much, Joe. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And yeah, I'll catch you soon. Thank you so much. See you later. Thanks so much. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. It was such a pleasure talking to Joe. If you did enjoy, please be sure to leave a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts and I will give you a shout-out in the following few episodes. Also, if you're interested in watching full episodes on YouTube, full video episodes, you can check them out and also subscribe while you're there. Follow us on Instagram. That's where all the new episodes get announced. All like good stuff. There's a good little community growing on the Instagram. So do not miss out. And yeah, that's it from me. Thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you in the next episode.